0: just one more with joanna and daphne a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome if you have trouble deciding between just one more cupcake and just one more kettlebell swing this is the podcast
1: for you i'm joanna shaw flam i'm an actor a comedian and a normal person and i'm daphne yang i'm a certified personal trainer certified nutrition counselor and the creator of hit it new york's ultimate high intensity interval training workout And before we begin, remember to
0: talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons who are supporting us on Patreon. Uh, We wanted to shout out our first round of patrons. Thank you to Ethan, Ben, Sarah, Mike, Jan, Lola, Dave, and Andy. What a nice sounding group of people. Uh, Because of your contributions to the show, we're able to invest in making the show even more awesome, so thank you. Um, if you love the show and want to support us while getting cool extras like being shouted out on our show, um, check us out and become a patron. You can do it for as little as a dollar a month or five or ten dollars a month, or if you want to give us more than that, we can figure out a way to make that happen. The point is, it doesn't have to be expensive. Um, you can go to justonemorepodcast.com and click the little tab at the top that says Become a Patron.
1: Uh, we have the best listeners. We do. Yeah, I Thank know we you say guys it all the time, for but... your
0: support—you guys rock. You do you rock. rock so hard, so hard, uh, and we will try to rock hard for you as
1: well. Oh yeah, we are a, just... mu- a mutual rocking relationship. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we are, you know, putting a thousand percent of our rocking hard energy <laughs> into, <laughs> into everything podcast. we do. Into everything we do.
0: Um, well, speaking of. Uh, putting energy into the things that you do um anyone who is working out uh regularly or semi regularly knows the dreaded plateau Mm -hmm. which is the point where you feel like you're just going through the motions of working out and that should be it feels like it should be enough but you're not um Have You feel like it's not actually doing anything. You're bored. Um, It can start to feel like, well, like it doesn't seem to make a difference if I work out anyway, so Mm -hmm. maybe I'll just skip it today. Um, And then all of a sudden, you're not working out regularly. Um, Or you're just bored and you resent it. Um, And this, it can really get in the way of making exercise and moving your body a regular part of your life. Um, But, depending on yourself to make your workout harder is really hard because guess what yourself doesn't want yourself to do? Is work harder.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, the human body is designed to protect you at all costs. The human body is designed to essentially keep stress levels as low as possible. However, caveman was always moving around and then we as humans almost have to or we we as current humans who are <laughs> not caveman and cavewoman we have to artificially create that movement with With workouts and with pushing yourself I do love the terminology in the sense that I truly do feel like when you challenge yourself you become stronger not just from a physical standpoint but from a mental and emotional standpoint as well and um, I'll talk about all the biological and the chemical awesomeness things that happen when you do challenge yourself from a workout standpoint but uh, when you do push yourself, you, you do get stronger. You do get stronger, but it is hard sometimes to push past your plateau, to challenge yourself to run a little bit longer, to go a little heavier with the strength moves, to try a different class, because the human brain is always trying to protect you. The human brain just wants to relax all the time and um, pushing yourself is really the best way to create a new equilibrium for your body
0: totally Mm -hmm. so today we are going to talk about what we mean when we say pushing yourself Mm -hmm. when you like what signs might tell you that it's maybe time to like kick things up a notch and um, how to do that in different kinds of exercise Mm because we know not everyone listening
1: the podcast does the same things for exercise. Right, right. It's not like everyone runs. It's not like everyone does yoga mm-hmm. or everyone does high intensity interval training or strength training. Um, the, with pushing yourself. So the big question is, how do I know if I do need to push myself? If you're asking yourself this question, <laughs> chances are you could go a little harder. So The human brain is always going to tell your body to stop before your body is ready to stop. The human brain is always going to tell you you're done before your physical self is actually done with a workout or with physical activity. And that makes sense because from a
0: just survival standpoint, your body doesn't want you to get to the place... Or your brain doesn't want your body to get to the place where you need to do something and you can't, Mm -hmm. right? It's like preservation. Like, oh, I better not spend this last bit of energy. I better not use this
1: last bit of strength because what if I need it to Mm -hmm. fight off a a saber-tooth tiger? Exactly, exactly. The brain is going to say, stop, this is too strenuous. You shouldn't do that because you should save your energy for the woolly mammoth around the corner. Or you should save your energy for the winter famine that's about to hit. And the fact that there will be no food because you're going to be in a cave for three months. None of these things are a part of our current reality for the majority of us. For the vast majority of us. If you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. If you're listening to this, that's so true. If you are listening to this podcast right now, whether it's headphones or on your laptop or on the, on the surround sound speaker system in your house, which I hope you are. Because then it's like our voice is just booming moving in your surround sound. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are any perceived stress in your life none of it is actually life-threatening. And if something is life-threatening, you know that's a that's a totally different episode. But these perceived stressors, so your your brain telling you, "Stop. Like this feels uncomfortable. I'm doing jumping jacks and I don't like this feeling of being out of breath." It's your brain telling you to stop because your brain is trying to preserve energy, your brain is trying to protect you, and your brain is in a survival and preservation mode where it wants to guarantee you stay alive in case of saber-toothed tiger, in case of famine, in case of something terrible happening where you have no access to food and where you do have to conserve energy so like i said none of these things are a current reality for the majority of us and if you're listening to this podcast chances are not a reality for you so your brain's always going to tell you to stop and really you have more gas in your tank there's a there's something to be said about pushing past the point of pain and that's a, a conversation that we'll save that for a little bit later like injury and like when you feel like you've I don't know, twinge something. It's always those words. I twinge something. I tweak something. If uh, that's a, we'll save that conversation for a second. But if you're just feeling like general fatigue and if you're telling yourself, Oh my God, I can't do this. Oh my God, we're doing more jump squats. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so tired. Holy moly, my thighs are burning. You're fine. I'm just going to say that you're fine.
0: (laughs) Well, so given that everything in us is telling us to stop, yeah. (laughs) why is it a good idea to keep Mm -hmm. going? Given like, uh, th- with the exception of like if we're injured or you know yeah but but in a, in the course of a regular workout when our brain is telling us to stop
1: why should we mm-hmm. keep going okay so because of something called the general adaptation syndrome gas gas literally gas G A S the general adaptation syndrome the general adaptation syndrome states that in order to become stronger certain stress needs to be applied to the body. And there are two sides to the coin. You have to apply some physical stress to the body. So really not all stress is bad. Um, There are some things that are good physical stressors like exercising, pushing yourself, um, expanding your respiratory system by doing cardio. Sauna and cryotherapy are good physical stressors um, that actually stimulate a lot of the cells in your body. But you have to recover from the stress and that is how you get stronger. So just from an anatomical uh, standpoint, I'm going to use a bicep curl as an example. Imagine yourself standing there with two dumbbells, one dumbbell in each hand and you're doing bicep curls. I'm a ma- and, I can see it now. You can see it now. And then you start to feel the burn. Yep, feeling And then feeling you feel it. the burn, and then all of a sudden you max out, and you set the dumbbells down. So pretend huh. like you did three sets of 12 to 15. Man, I biceps am tired of doing bicep curls. Bicep curls are finito. Your bicep curls, or your biceps, are kind of burning a little bit. You give yourself another 48 hours before you do bicep curls again, or you give yourself some time to recover. What has happened during that time is those muscle fibers, we created these mini micro tears in your muscle fibers while we were doing the bicep curl, those muscle fibers repair and rebuild in the 48 hours after we put that stress on them. Your body adapts to the stress by building more muscle and then you get stronger. Is this where you tell me that the body makes fitness gains during recovery? You know it! (laughs) The body makes fitness gains during recovery. However, in order to make these fitness gains, we have to continue to either switch things up in your body or push just a little bit more push just a little bit more so example when doing I I oftentimes here's another example I get people who come take hit it my my high intensity interval training class which we do a lot of Tabata's during the class and a Tabata interval is when you perform 20 seconds on of a cardiovascular move followed by 10 seconds of rest over and over and over again, this 20 seconds on 10 seconds off format for four minutes. It can be one exercise the whole time, it can be two exercises alternating. I oftentimes get runners who have been runners and marathoners their whole lives. They've been running, they love running, they run in Central Park every other day, they've been running since they were kids, they run marathons like every other weekend, and then they come and they take my class and they just, they they like, they just die <laughs> in the best way possible. She says with yeah, glee. <laughs> I know. I know. As I chuckle maniacally. Um, but um, they, feel, I can see them getting out of breath. I can see them panting for air during this 20 seconds of physical, you know, 20 seconds of jump squats or 20 seconds of that jumping jack. And I see them struggling with core exercises. So here's a really great example of pushing yourself. Their bodies have gotten used to what they've been doing for years and years and years. Their bodies are so used to it. Your their bodies are so used to running that they're not really actually making too many more fitness
0: gains. Right, because it's not like it's not just like recovery makes you stronger because if that were true right. you wouldn't have to exercise, but uh-huh. you have to put the muscles under stress like you were saying so that there are those micro tears because yes. from what you've told me it's the repairing of those micro tears exactly. that builds muscle. And so if you're not creating the micro tears,
1: you can't do the building Mm -hmm. back stronger. And if you're not expanding your lungs that aggressively, if you're not making your heart work as aggressively. So oftentimes these runners will tell me after class, oh my gosh, I can't get my heart rate up that high when I run. That's the highest my heart rate has ever gotten. My heart rate hasn't gone up that high in seven years. And I say, fantastic, congratulations. And then now, and then, you know, on a tangent from that, then when they go on their next run, they're even stronger Mm -hmm. because I have, you know, activated their glutes. I've activated their core. I've gotten their hearts and their lungs stronger. They might even notice they're faster, but the, uh, but the fact that they have elected to push themselves by doing something different, maybe not even necessarily harder because then I have people who come take hit it all the time. And then for them running two to three miles is like the most tedious challenging thing oh, let me delete tedious i love running <laughs> i love i love hey, running hey we said for them so yeah yeah exactly so for for them running 2 to 3 miles might be immensely challenging so push yourself by a trying new things try new things push past whatever plateau if you are doing something that is starting to feel like you could do it in your sleep, or it is getting easier and easier and easier every single time you do it, A, try something new, or B, make what it is you're doing harder by A, increasing the intensity, B, increasing the weight, or C, increasing the mileage. Now, for these marathoners, you know, you can only increase the mileage so much before right. you're running, like, thousands and thousands of miles mm-hmm. in a go, right? It's like you can get to the point of being an ultra-marathoner, right? And that's the 50-mile, 100-mile mark. Those are endurance, endurance athletes. Pushing yourself looks different for every single human. So pushing yourself to get stronger to create those... um to create that stress on your body, that your body then recovers from the stress and then you get stronger. It can happen in yoga. It can happen in, um, by changing up the types of workouts you're doing. And then if someone's a runner, what I recommend for runners who want to increase their running um, or to push themselves during their run, of course you can increase your mileage to challenge your endurance, but you don't have to. You could absolutely do intervals within your two to three mile run. Um, I'm at a place in time with in my life in my running journey right now where I don't run more than three four miles and I have no desire to right now and that's just where I'm at You know, I currently am not training for a race. You know my husband. He wants to run his first marathon soon We're going to have very different running journeys, right? But so during my three to four mile runs I play around with the intervals sometimes I'll sprint Sometimes I'll do a little skipping within the run. Sometimes I'll do some side shuffles within the run. Sometimes I'll sprint to that tree and then I'll recover for three minutes and then I'll sprint another minute and then I'll recover. I play with it or sometimes I do a progression run where I start off really slow but then I pick up my pace and then I just maintain it. Sometimes I do a tempo run where the first mile is really a, a warm up, and then the middle mile, I try to see if I can get my heart rate up and just breathe a little heavier, but then I kind of slow it down again. like. You can switch it up within the boundaries of what it is you're currently doing, totally. and this is just um this is across the board with all cardio. If you're doing spinning elliptical, um, oh well, you all know how I feel about the elliptical. No, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. But if you're doing uh, cycling uh, outdoors, cycling outdoors, you can switch it up without having to actually increase the the distance.
0: Well, so I want to talk for another second about what pushing yourself does mean and what it doesn't mean. Yeah. So, what I've heard you say is that pushing yourself means sort of like um, kicking what you're doing up a notch. So mm-hmm. working just a little harder, lifting just a little heavier, yeah. um, pushing that your um, lung capacity just a little bit more so that you are um, putting a little bit of, putting your body under a little bit
1: of stress. Yes. Um, what doesn't it mean? What it does not mean is when you feel something that is... A very distinct potentially sharp or dull pain that sets on mostly oftentimes on one side of your body then you do not push past the point of injury so what I do not want people to do is well first of all I think body awareness is key anytime you are working out oftentimes people try to get out of their bodies when they work out which I understand um, and by that, you and, mean like watching TV or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like um, trying, to, trying to completely distract yourself from the fact that you are working out. So I think the TV on a cardio machine is the best example. So that is... Um, it's, it's interesting because there can be so many pros and cons to that. The pros being, okay, it distracts you. But it's so funny for me. I have this relationship with exercise. And what I try to encourage people to do is take this time for yourself and take this time to actually challenge yourself mentally. If this is an endurance thing you're doing, but also it gives you an opportunity to stay aware of things like form, things like your breathing, things like your stride, your footfall, um, all those things. And this is cardio. This is strength training. I I think being as present as possible. So you have ultimate, ultimate body awareness. If you are taking a class, also staying in your body. So in addition to getting out of and and I even say this, I say get out of your head and into your body. So I tell people to stop overthinking, but I do tell people to really feel their bodies versus just trying to escape. And I know firsthand what that's like. You know, for the first many years of my exercise journey, um I used exercise completely as a form of escapism and um It was a way to actually not deal with the problems. It did help things on a chemical, emotional, hormonal standpoint, but you really do have to face your demons. You can't actually run or work out away from the things that uh, you really need to deal with. That being said, when you work out, going back to what you're saying, when to not push yourself. Stay as aware and present of how your muscles are feeling, how your body is feeling. If something pops up, if all of a sudden you do something, whether you're running, whether in yoga, whether you're in a class, and you're like, ooh, did I just do something? If you have to ask yourself, ooh, did I just, did I, did I just kind of hurt my knee? Like, oh, did I just kind of hurt my back? Or, oh, did I just kind of hurt my shoulder? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. The reason why you don't feel it so aggressively right then and there is because of things like endorphins and dopamine and serotonin that are getting released and adrenaline, especially if you're in a group fitness setting, adrenaline's a very powerful thing when you're also, surrounded by like, like a bunch of people. In
0: my case, pig-headedness where I'm like, "Surely I have not hurt myself. Right. If I just mu- like muscle through this, then I won't have hurt myself." Mm-hmm. Turns out that pig-headedness is not a medical term and does
1: not keep you from hurting yourself. Exactly. So if you do, so so the moment in which I say do not push yourself is when you've actually hurt yourself (laughs) or if you have an injury, there's no shame in taking recovery time. There's no shame at all. And in fact, you have to or you will not get better. exactly. So here are my rules for recovery when you have injured yourself and why to not push yourself. Do not push yourself to the point of injury and do not push yourself to the point past injury. So if you are having a workout in which it really does not feel aligned, maybe you are really burnt out, maybe you are really exhausted, with every workout from a chemical standpoint, five to 15 minutes in, you should feel better. If you're not feeling better emotionally, mentally, and physically, if you're 20 minutes into your run and you still feel really bad, Chances are you are burnt out. Chances yeah. are you have not slept in a long time and chances are there are some major stressors in your life that you might actually have to deal with that you maybe shouldn't be working out right then and there. You maybe aren't uh-huh. fueled correctly, yeah. like yeah. all sorts of stuff. That... If that's the case, then don't. then you might actually push yourself to the point of injury. You don't you want know? to run your car on empty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to push yourself to the point of complete and total burnout. Okay, so and you also don't want to drive your car with a deflated with no, tire. Exactly. You don't want to drive your car with no fuel in your tank. And fuel means uh, nutrient-dense food, water, sleep. That's all fuel. You don't want to... And then, like, and then the tire can also be a representative of an injury. Like, If right. you have something going on, don't, you don't want to run, run through it because here is my... You're going to dent the rims. You're going to dent the rims and you don't want to dent the rims. So you don't want to push yourself to the point of injury or burnout. And then when you do feel something that happens to you, do not push past it. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop. Go to the back of the classroom and grab a sip of water and evaluate what's going on. Take a hug. Who cares? Yeah. If you're on a run, stop and walk home. If you're doing cardio on your own or if you're strength training in the gym, stop and then do a different exercise and um, tr- try not to push past it. Uh, and another thing from an anatomical standpoint it might not feel as painful if you've hurt yourself in that present moment. The pain will set in later. It's not You're not feeling it as much because your brain receptors are, are firing off dopamine, serotonin, um, endorphins, and adrenaline. And I just said all these things that you guys might be like, what is she talking about? These are neurotransmitters. These are things that make you feel good. So since you're feeling good, you're not going to feel the pain as intensely. How many times do you hear people say... Oh, and then I woke up and my knee was just swollen or, or my ankle felt fine. And then I woke up the next morning and then, so just stop.
0: So this that's is like
1: so hard,
0: but it is, I think, really key. It is, um, you have said to me, like, you know, if you feel something twin, a twinge somewhere when you're working out, just stop. Don't overstretch it. Yeah. Don't stretch. Yes, that's a do good point. Do yeah. the rest, ice, compression, elevation, mm-hmm. RICE. Yeah.
1: And the sooner you stop and do those things, the sooner you will recover. Exactly. And the sooner you stop and do those things, the RICE, rest, ice, compression, elevation, don't stretch anything. The tendency is, oh, I twinge something. Let me try to stretch it out. It's tight. No, it's not tight. You pulled it. It's overstretched. It's overstretched. Um, but... The, here's my take on it. You could try to continue working out on it, and whatever it is, it can be anything. It can be a chronic injury. It could be a fresh injury. You could try to continue working out on it, but the thing is, why wouldn't, and I know how hard this is. I know firsthand how hard this is. Wouldn't it be better to take three to four days off, let it fully recover, and then ease back into working out Versus continuing to work out on it and then it becoming a thing where you actually deal with it for months or years, months, years, multiple years. I know firsthand what that's like. Totally. Um, I think a lot of us have had that experience. Absolutely. And then something becomes chronic. And then there are things that have become chronic, not because of exercise, but things that, um, you know, you and I have some chronic things that are going on. Like I have a piriformis thing. I have like a... You know, it's like my left knee had surgery on it three years ago. And it's, so it's like you have like a hip and a shoulder. And when, and then I think that's another thing to talk about chronic injuries that you've been uh, dealing with for a really long time. A, seeing the right people to make sure that you have maybe some physical therapy in your life or a trainer or massage therapist, someone overseeing it. But then when you work out and say you do feel that thing, like for me, if I work out, if I squat and if I feel like I've twinged my piriformis again I stop right away I'm like oh yeah that guy you know that mm-hmm. injury from multiple years ago or like if I feel my left knee getting achy I'll be like oh yeah that guy that's from three years ago I'm just going to take it easy and I'll throw an ice pack on that it's just a little tender right? Right. So if you feel a chronic injury come up. Take care of it. Also do the whole thing. Take your time rest ice compression elevation and then take a couple days off of working out and then do, or do a different muscle group You know, like you could do a core, you could just do like a mini core, like there's plenty of things to do if you feel compelled to do so. Now, going back into
0: pushing yourself, Yes. now that we've discussed when to not push yourself. So I think we've talked about some of the signs that it's time to push Mm -hmm. yourself or kick it up a notch. Um, A major one that I see is boredom. Yes. If you are bored with your workout, you're probably not working out hard enough. Um, I find that when I am getting the best workouts, it is when some part of it is hard enough that I can't think about anything
1: else except for doing the action. And how wonderful is it to feel so present in that moment, too? And
0: interestingly, like, you were talking about escapism and, like, exercise to escape. To me... I escape best through exercise when I'm really focused on the
1: exercise. Same here. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Not when I'm like
0: distracting myself with TV or whatever right. else.
1: I think that's such, a, that's such a, a, a great topic to bring up too is that it, physicalizing our body's mental and emotional stress through exercise is far more productive than when feeling stress using other things to either self-medicate with, um, like food, drugs, alcohol, um, exercise is a much more positive way to, to soothe and relax those things. Mm-hmm. That being said, you, you know, food and alcohol, like I, I think, you know, r- cooking and drinking, those are some of the, gr- the great joys of life. The, some of the life's greatest gifts and life's greatest pleasures, which I stand by. Um, talking about stress and, uh, I think it is so important to physicalize the stress and to get it out of your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And you're right. It is really nice to not be able to think about the things that might be current stressors in your life. And the way I describe it is for things that are happening in life, oftentimes exercise does not directly address them, but it puts you in a place where mentally, physically, emotionally, chemically, biologically, and hormonally, you can better handle and face said things in life.
0: And if you're so. in your class and you're like sitting there doing like bicep curls or whatever, but as you're doing it, you're like, man, that project at work, Uh huh. I don't know how it's going. Yeah. Like
1: if you find your mind drifting, Cindy's not doing a good job.
0: Hmm. Do I have to fire Cindy? It's going to be like, if I have to fire Cindy, I don't know. And you realize like you're not thinking about your arms at all. And you're sort of like waving yeah. your arms around, um, those are thoughts that you may need to have about your job. Absolutely. But you're not helping yourself by half having the thoughts and half doing bicep curls. Mm-hmm. When you're doing your workout, work out hard enough that
1: you're just doing your workout. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's why I think yoga can be really powerful because it really forces you, a whole thing of yoga is being present. I think with all exercise, it's about mm-hmm. being present and, um... And, uh, with yoga, sitting with the the breath and really staying aligned with your body. And, you know, I've had moments in yoga where the only times I have been able to hold an insanely, like, single leg balancing pose are when I clear my mind fully. And I really do feel like I have an outer body experience. Um, and that, and also here's another thing too. Example, let's talk about like a cardio, like running. We're just going to use that as an example. But you know, say something has been stressing you out and you do kind of think about it during the run, oftentimes you'll find by the end of the run, you can think about that same thought or that same situation and it actually doesn't hold as much power over you. And you know why? It's because you've physicalized the stress. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna use this as an example. Say your boss was yelling at you for something and just made you feel stressed and uncomfortable and, and angry and it's all sitting in your body, and it's toxic in your body, then all of a sudden you're at the run, you're running, you're doing your cardio, you're doing your workout, maybe you're, I don't know, kickboxing, you're taking a class, you're running, and maybe you are thinking about it a little bit, but then notice by the end of the 30 minutes, 45 minutes, however long it is you're working out, what's happened is the stress we've actually been able to physicalize it out of your body, and you'll notice that the thoughts do not create that physical response in you, that anger, that fear, that frustration, the tension, it's gone. And then you can better handle the situation with your boss. I love how we always use, like, the, the quote unquote, The boss. The boss. Meanwhile, like, so many people have amazing bosses. Right. Yeah, I don't even have but a boss. Like <laughs> A lot of people don't have amazing bosses. So, so talking about... Um, so circling back to... Um, uh, pushing yourself and boredom. Yeah, boredom. If you find yourself getting bored and if you are losing stimulus, if you feel like you are doing you could do this in your sleep. If you could run the same loop in your sleep, if you could take the same workout class in your sleep and you're not being present because you are bored, da, 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 da. time to switch it up. Time to find something that ignites your fire, something to time to find something that feels new and interesting and exciting um try something try a trapeze class try um you know something that is a physical a physical some type of physical exertion that is completely new and that will be a nice little brain stimulus for you because mm-hmm. then that will also push you past your plateau it'll get you stronger in the sense that you'll be using different muscle muscles but different brain muscles as well and then You know, and then this goes back to the why. Well, why, what's the point in pushing myself? When you challenge yourself, you become just more kick butt at life. You know, you really do. And when you become stronger on a physical standpoint, pain goes down. You feel more comfortable, more confident in your body. You feel stronger in your body. Um, And you, uh, I feel like by pushing yourself, by having kind of um, like fitness goals, Uh, it just enhances quality of life. Like ultimately that's why, that's why we do this. How should we be feeling at the end of a workout? Um, I think,
0: you know, I've definitely done workouts where at the end I'm sort of like, all right, Mm -hmm. um, I've done workouts where at the end I'm like, I cannot walk up the stairs. Yeah.
1: Uh, and everywhere in between. So here's what I'm going to say because every workout is different. mm. Every workout is different and every workout has a different purpose and every workout will challenge different parts of yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally. So um, should you feel completely depleted after every workout? No. Should you feel completely energized after every workout? No. Um, Should you feel completely, um, you know, are you supposed to hit a certain amount of calories per workout? Absolutely not. How do we even track that? There's no way of tracking anything. Um, calorically, you know, that's accurate. And, and plus we don't, we don't do that. And no one really should because it's, that's bogus. It's totally bogus. Yeah. Like if someone says, Oh, one apple has 127 calories. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, that's so stupid. So sorry. If you do track your calories like that, um, Call me. We'll talk. (laughs) I'm going to change things up in your brain. Um, How should we be feeling at the end of a workout? This is what I tell my clients. You should feel happier. You should feel satisfied. Um, And you should feel like you can tackle whatever is next in your day. Whether that's another thing, like if you worked out in the morning or the afternoon, or if it's at night you should feel like you should you should feel like you should be able to like relax into your bedtime routine ultimately i think feeling um uh just satisfied i think and, that's and so nurtured, important you know because and not totally like depleted that's which a, is yeah. fine if that's what you're going for and i go for some workouts too where i'm like I'm just going to like crush it. And then I have some workouts where I'm like, I just want to do like a quick little 20, 30 minute thing so I can feel energized the rest of the day. Every workout is going to have a different purpose between yoga, running, high intensity interval training, spinning. All those workouts are going to make you feel different afterwards. the, The goal is to feel satisfied on a physical level, but ultimately feel like you challenged yourself on a mental and emotional level, but also happy on a mental and emotional level.
0: I think the satisfaction thing is a really important part of pushing yourself because yes, it's about like um, putting stress on your muscles so they can, you know, repair stronger. But I think, um, mostly like we don't feel good about ourselves when we're just doing the same thing over and Mm -hmm. over. And exercise is not for most normal people a thing that you're going to do if you're not getting a reward out of it. Yeah. And so if the reward, like we say on the show, like the reward for exercise and for self-care is not necessarily going to be weight loss and should not necessarily be weight loss. So then most of us normal people are going to need some other kind of reward. Yeah. And if You know, it would be great if we could just say, like, you know, the American Heart Association recommends that you get this amount of exercise a week. So if I get that amount of exercise a week, I feel rewarded. Mm -hmm. But let's be real, no one feels that way. Yeah. And so the way, one of the ways that you can get satisfaction and get that like reward stimulus from your workouts is by pushing yourself a little more, saying, Mm -hmm. like, okay, last week I ran this far, this week I'm going to run a little farther, or like, Last week, I lifted this amount of weight. This week, I'm going to see if I can lift a little bit heavier. Um, those kinds of um, challenges are one of the ways that we get satisfaction out of exercise.
1: Uh, absolutely. And that keeps us doing it. And out of life, too. <laughs> yeah. So the thing with growth, we are humans. Our bodies, our brains, everything about our bodies, everything about our, ourselves biologically, chemically... We're always evolving even the brain can generate new brain cells in life we're always progressing the thing that happens though a lot of times we go through growth and it's very set in stone you go you go to kindergarten first grade second third then you graduate high school eventually then you go to college and then you um, climb the corporate ladder and you hit this job and then this job and then you get this promotion okay it's like We have become dependent on external and exterior forces to be symbolic of our personal and professional growth. This is not everyone's reality. Not everyone after high school goes to college. Not everyone after college goes into another thing where they continue to step up and up and up and up and up to combat the feelings that, as a human, we are designed to consistently feel like we are growing and evolving we can create that with exercise. So if it's not happening either professionally or personally, it can happen for you on a physical, mental, and emotional level where you can take the control and feel the growth within your health and feel the progression in your health and feel the the, the changes in your happiness that's why we do this. That's the why. Why is it that we push ourselves? It's to enhance your quality of life so that your happiness is not dependent on external forces and external validation and external growth, but your happiness truly, truly, truly comes from within. And I heard something really interesting the other day. Um, I was listening to um, a- another podcast, and I was listening to... Uh, um, and I've, I've mentioned him before. His name is Jocko Willink and he is uh he was talking about discipline and how discipline has uh, we've almost rewired our relationship with the word discipline where it's become like a negative thing like oh it's something we are changed to discipline is when we are forced to do something that is not pleasant but discipline is actually the complete opposite discipline is foregoing immediate instant gratification for a long-term reward so by by choosing to work out at one extra workout a week in that immediate moment it might feel a lot better to to uh, relax at home but if you push yourself and forego that instant gratification of either um, social media or television or um, sleeping a little bit longer if you forgo that instant gratification for maybe another workout the long-term reward is far greater than that instant gratification. That's and so that was, hard
0: though. Exactly. It's so hard. It is
1: so hard. It's so hard because it's, uh, we're now at this place in time in our evolutionary biological state where we have to manually create it. But there are ways to do it that feel organic, that feel organic. And oftentimes it's just telling yourself, okay, five, four, three, two, one, and launch out of bed. And lot throw on your workout clothes. Get out of your head. Get into your body. Stop overthinking it, and just put on your workout clothes and go for that. Maybe you've been doing three workouts a week. Go for a fourth workout a week. Let's talk you know? a little bit about the mess, like the the way
0: that you talk to yourself to mm-hmm. encourage yourself to work a little harder. Yeah. Um. I think that's so important. Well, and I think different people have different things that work for them. I think some people, um, the sort of like boot camp style, like, oh, totally. yelling at yourself work. does not work. Yeah. I am one of those people. Yeah. I hate it if instructors say anything
1: that feels negative oh, to yeah. me. But... But they think it's motivating. Right. Yeah. And some people it, some are. people respond to that. Yeah. But some people need that. Yeah. I
0: need my internal Daphne, who mm-hmm. is like, yes. Yeah. Like, you can do it. Like, mm-hmm. let's do one more. Come on. You can do one more. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's do... Let's do one more lap. Like, right. you can definitely do this for 20 more seconds. Absolutely. Um, like, challenge yourself. Like, fight for it. Like, you know, all of that stuff. Um, that kind of... And even if it feels... I can hear my normal people being like, oh, boy. Uh, but even if it feels fake, um, if it helps to, like, put a little Daphne on your shoulder Absolutely. and make her say those things, mm-hmm. do it. Because... Um, I think, uh, like having a little bit of a chip on your shoulder about what you can do and what challenges you can achieve is helpful. For me, it is. Yeah, definitely. I'm competitive and it's not necessarily about other people, but it's like, if I'm, you know, if I'm doing a plank and it's been 30 seconds and I'm thinking of chickening out and Mm -hmm. just being like, well, 30 would be fine, but I had really meant to do 45. Yeah. If I say like, like you can do this, like push through it. Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen is you fall on
1: your face. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's not that far. So we get into the psychology of pushing yourself, affirmations. Mm -hmm. If you are squeezing out a few extra reps or if you are going a little longer, instead of thinking, oh, my God, this is so hard. I hate this so much. Why am I here? Oh, this sucks. This sucks. I can't believe Daphne's making me do this. in my head? Like, I know, right? (laughs) instead you think to yourself in the power of positive psychology and the power of affirmations you think you you say out loud in your head or out loud verbally i can i will i'm strong i'm powerful i got this even just me saying that now like you, you, like you feel it you feel she your entire She just did a backflip. Yes. I, guys, I did an aerial into a backflip and I'm on a balance beam. Well, <laughs> i think that was one of the greatest
0: things from um, the last summer olympics to me was uh Laurie hernandez the gymnast Uh, Right before she got on the beam, you could see from the camera her saying to herself, I got this. So cute. I loved her so much. highest level, right? Like she is achieving at the highest level. Awesome. And the way that she prepped herself to do that is just by saying, I got this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think finding, strengthening that brain muscle of self-affirmation and cheering yourself on, Mm -hmm. it
1: gets easier the more you do it. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Um, It's to the point now where I don't even do the... um, Like, when I tell people about affirmations, I don't even apologize for it first. I don't even say, like, oh, this is, like, this might sound crazy. Or, like, oh, this is... um, This might sound, like, (laughs) woo-woo. And I don't even say that. Because this is actually how the human... I'm, like, I will affirm this. Like, this is how the human brain is supposed to work. Like, we are meant to, to... lead our happiest lives and then I challenge for anyone out there who is feeling resistance towards pushing themselves I challenge you to explore where that's coming from Mm -hmm. because it's not coming from me telling you to do something longer Mm -hmm. it's coming from something far deeper if there's rebellion or if there's resistance to you not wanting to push yourself where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. is that coming from insecurity? feeling like if you push yourself you might fail is that coming from a parent who said something to you? is that coming from You rebelling against, or you not liking it when people tell you what to do. This would be Um, a great time to listen to our change episode with Dr. Amanda Kroll. Such an amazing episode.
0: How our sense of identity can get in the way of us making a change. Absolutely,
1: and you can rewrite your story. That's right. Like who 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 is it to tell you that you can't do this? Right. No one ever said like, and if someone said that to you, clear that. They don't know. Right. Right. And essentially, we can we can change our identity and rewrite our stories. I completely did. Yeah. Like I think that that's something. like if I can do it coming from like the like the darkest place possible to become like a happy human, you, you can do, do it too. too. And um, I, I really do challenge people to to find your why in terms of why it is you want to push yourself. Why is it you want to get stronger? Why is it you want to get fitter? Or why is it you want to get faster? Um, yes, I'm saying a, a big reason as to why should be to not focus on weight loss or fat loss. I, you know, it's something we don't really stress here at, uh, on our podcast, but the reasoning behind pushing yourself is to, you know, become tougher, become your, your just most like kick butt self. Because if you become oftentimes what happens in your workouts becomes a parallel in your life and when you're kicking butt in your workouts and when you're feeling happy and healthy and strong and confident in your workouts it bleeds over into your day-to-day life totally for sure well
0: let's talk practical for a second mm-hmm. so let's talk about different types of exercise and what we can look at in terms of pushing ourselves mm-hmm. so we we're already talking about like in the cardio world running biking swimming probably too mm, yeah um, if it's feeling easy I think you said like increase your time, increase your distance,
1: or intervals within it. Yeah, yeah. Intervals within it, hills within it. If you're running, um, take the resistance up. If you're spinning, uh, challenge yourself within the time frame, or add on a little bit more time if that's something you want to do. I think also changing your location
0: can make a, a oh, big for difference. Sure. Yeah. Um. You know, running the same loop in the park can get really boring mm-hmm. mentally. Um, run in a different park. Yeah. Switch it up so that your brain gets excited and stimulated. Mm-hmm. Totally. What about with strength training? I mean, I feel like with strength training, it's
1: almost like the easiest to think about because it's like yeah. you're lifting weight, lift more weight. Yeah. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, what I recommend is um, going heavier in terms of the weight you are using and going in terms of repetition, probably staying within the same realm of between 10 to 15 repetitions, like three sets of a movement, go heavier. It's actually more efficient to go heavier and shorter, like going 10 to 12 reps with a heavier weight versus going a million reps with, um, you know, a lighter weight. So do that. And then also picking exercises that are just harder. Like if you've totally mastered the plank, then what if you did a rainbow plank where you're swiveling your hips? Or what if you did a plank where you're doing a little leg lift at the same time? Or what if you do plank jacks where you're holding a plank on your hands but you do jacks? Like, so come up with the, they're called progressions. Come up with the progressed version of the exercise and you can just Google that and you can find the progressed version of you know, a squat can turn into a jump squat. A squat can turn into a weighted squat. A lunge can turn into a jump lunge. A lunge can turn into a weighted lunge. So progress your strength moves in that way.
0: That's another way to keep your brain interested too because
1: like... It gives you toys to play with. Totally. And like, yeah, different Yeah, if you're do. doing the
0: same nine strength exercises every time, of course it's going to get boring. But yeah. you can do... You can work out those same muscles with to- nine totally different exercises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about with high-intensity high-intensity interval training.
1: So with high-intensity interval training, the great thing about high-intensity interval training is it's constantly pushing you past your plateau. So what I challenge people to do during high-intensity interval training, if it gets easy, (laughs) it shouldn't, not if I'm around. Uh, No, but if it gets easy, then what I challenge people to do um I challenge people to incorporate different exercises within the intervals that are a progressed version of the prior exercise. Example, you can do 20 seconds of squats, or you can do 20 seconds of jump squats, or you can do 20 seconds of squat jacks, or you can do 20 seconds of jump squats where you like crisscross your legs in the middle in the air and then land, you know. So it's like you can totally continue to progress in that way. Or if you're doing a burpee without a push-up, add the push-up. If you're doing um high knees, do high knees with a punch progress the degree of difficulty by A, also not holding back, that's another thing too. You could stay with your regular squats, but it's only 20 seconds, so as long as your form is good, just like attack it, it's only 20 seconds. So The form thing I want to talk about real quick, mm, because mm -hmm. with all of these, with the cardio, with strength training, and with HIIT, um, you don't want to increase the difficulty if your form isn't good. Yes, that's a key, that is such an important factor of everything. That's one um, of the first things to That's check. actually the first thing, yeah. At the end of the day, everything goes back to your form. Make sure you have perfect form. Listen back to our form episode. That was a good one. Totally. I mean, all of our episodes are good ones. I'm just going to pat <laughs> us on the back right now. But the form one is particularly fabulous.
0: And so if you're feeling bored, first thing to do, check your form. Second mm-hmm. thing to do, make it harder. Yes. Totally. Well, I'm going to do a little takeaway here. Cool. Um, so... Uh, Pushing yourself is really hard because your brain is trying to keep something in reserve. Mm -hmm. But uh, in order to make fitness gains uh, and in order to stay engaged with what we're doing and feel rewarded for exercise, we do need to push ourselves. Doesn't mean pushing yourself when you're injured. Then you should rest and recover. Um, But if you're um, bored or things are feeling easy, it's time to kick it up a notch. Um, And we want to um, use... Um, like, positive affirmations and sort of, like, self-cheering to, like, help ourselves get over the mental hump of doing a thing we haven't done before. Um, For running and cycling and things like that, we can increase time, increase distance, add intervals, add hills, change up where we are. For strength training, we can lift heavier weights. We can also do progressions of a type of exercise so that our brain stays interested. Uh, For HIIT, we can add in those progressions. We can really focus on, like, not holding anything back, like going, you know, full, put leaving everything on the, on the mat, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of all, the reason it's important to push yourself is so that you can, um, have a great sense of self, a sense of accomplishment, and then that that's going
1: to carry into the rest of your life. That was an awesome takeaway. Thanks. Every time Sandy. you do the takeaway, I'm like, well, that's the episode. We could have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, people
0: can fast forward to this part if they need right. No, I think it was great. The discussion, the journey is the destination. There you go. Thanks, Daphne. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemeny.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to become a patron, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.